Welcome to the Pay Yourself First podcast. My name is Chris Jolly, and I'm on a mission to financially empower millions of entrepreneurs. I want you to make and keep more money so that you can begin implementing and turbocharging a plan for creating financial freedom your way during the life cycle of your current business without spending a ton of time or becoming a professional investor. You see, most of the financial teachings out there are made for employees, not entrepreneurs. If you wouldn't listen to someone who doesn't have kids about parenting, why take business financial advice from someone without a business? Are you ready to break free of bad advice and follow the trail of other uncommon entrepreneurs so you can get from where you are now to the lifestyle you were aiming to create when you started your business? Then stick around. Here comes another episode of Pay Yourself First, where the only investment we offer is the one you make in yourself. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am super excited as always because today we have another amazing six-figure-plus entrepreneur on for you who's going to drop some great wisdom for you. His name is Jacob, and his business is 8020 Media. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on today. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm really glad to be here as well. Thanks for putting aside the time for me. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's going to be a great interview. Like I said, I'm sure you've got a lot to share with our audience. And before we do that, I want to just have you go ahead and tell some of your story, what it is exactly that you do. I know we were talking a little bit before the interview. You have a marketing agency that does social media marketing for businesses. But as you were explaining, while that's the right technical definition, there's so much more to it and what you do and the way your business is structured. So I guess with that lead in, why don't you have it and tell us what it is that you do and why it's different. Sure, sure. Thanks so much, Chris. So essentially, we work with something called the regenerative business model. And what that means is that the standard business model, in my opinion, is just productivity unchecked, right? It's how we ended up with things like the Pacific Chire, which is a continent of plastic that's sitting in the ocean right now. We've for at least 100 years of go into production as quickly as possible, produce things, get them in the hands of people, and don't worry about what happens next. And that productivity is really powerful and useful and essential for an entrepreneur. But the work that we do that I think might be different than a lot of those kind of common mentalities is we align purpose with productivity. So we're essentially an incubator for heart-based businesses. And that means two things. It means A, I will only help you do more of what you love. Everything else is meant for automation, delegation, and systems, because there are like hundreds of things that have to be done every month for the business to be functional. And B, you're only going to do that stuff and grow a business that's actually in alignment with the change that you want in the world. So we're here to serve your purpose and the change that you want to make. And interestingly enough, those can both very positively affect your bottom line. It still works for a business. Right? You don't have to go into servitude or become a volunteer or give up the idea of profit to achieve these things. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you tell me, because that's a, a different take on how a lot of businesses in general and especially marketing agencies operate. When you started this, how did you know that you were going to do it differently than other people or what inspired you to come up with a different angle than most people were taking on it? So by by failing to do it, honestly, okay. like that's the most honest truth. But let's go back into a little bit of personal backstory too, because I've been failing forward for a long time. The reason I say that is because I got to have my midlife crisis when I was 17. So I grew up on a small town. I lived 20 kilometers outside of town. And when I was 17, which is a year after you get your license where I was born and raised, I had a car accident. 
I just was a young driver. I ended up sliding into the ditch on some gravel. I panicked. I cranked the wheel out. The truck went end over end three times. It went 75 feet. And the short version is almost died in the ditch, airlift, ICU, coma. And I was like shocked into a position that some people have to wait 30, 40, 50 years of their life to come face to face with. And it doesn't always have to be this like 1% traumatic event. It can just be a thing that builds up over time. But the fact is we all come to a point in our lives at some place where you just get a, that moment, that glimpse, you meet your maker, so to speak. And so that put me in a very different trajectory than other 17-year-olds. I was held back a year in school. I had to go back and finish all the school I'd missed in the hospital, stay and all that sort of stuff. And then actually put me on a path in my um, early 20s. I was starting my music education after being a musician since I was 10. Got into music school and all that. And then I started learning about health and well-being. And it took me down a complete pathway. It was really like a fork in the road. Am I going to be a musician? I'm training in a professional school to become a studio guy. And I got a chance to do a lot of playing and performing and was in a band that toured for several years. But during that, I had this ongoing concern about how my body still really needed to recover. And I was a really consciously hyper aware of the like, as twisted and misshapen, just a little mm -hmm. out of sorts. And that got me into health and well-being. And that's bond my first career, which is something called the 100-Year Plan. I've had that business for over 20 years now. And 10 years ago, after running my own clinic for six years and transforming my own body and health and well-being and doing that for all these other people and realizing I had a system, I burnt out horribly, like terribly burnt out. And I took the entire thing down. I closed the doors. I shut it. And I spent a year just trying to renegotiate with myself. There's got to be a way to do this online. So within that process of figuring out how to do this online, within that process of partnering with a couple other individuals who knew more than I did about the digital space and tech in general, to be honest, right? I was trained in physiology and anatomy and that kind of stuff. But I was functional at email. I'm a smart guy. I figured out how to use Google Drive on my own. But like all the other things that need to be there for the digital space, I was clueless about. And so we spent a year in first research and then development. And then I finally found the right people and built my platform into an online space, which has been running for a decade. And then the second big failing forward was during that time, one of the people I was building it with, I was like, we have something here. We have a service. We have a model. Let's go into business together. And so we created 820 Media. And then we had a huge success and fell face first right off the edge of a cliff within two years, like zero, 18 clients, burnout, couldn't staff quickly enough. Like just everything that could possibly go wrong did because we didn't do any of the infrastructure and architecture and design thinking that's required to have a functional business. So that's really what set us up. Yeah. yeah, infrastructure is so important. And it's what a lot of especially first time or early on entrepreneurs skip because they just want to do the stuff that's fun and that's inspiring and that they're good at. And they know how to do what the business does. They can make the widget or bake the cake or whatever. But learning how to make, construct, set up a business and organize it and run it is a completely different set of skills that most people don't learn unless you actually do trial by fire and learn it on your own through experience or hire a business coach. Yep. And we were a social media marketing agency. We figured out like, this is what to do on social. This is how to do multi-platform content. All of the things were there. And we were producing leads for clients and they were falling off the flat earth, right? Because we weren't taking responsibility for all the back end. And so 
we'd have a client we'd be like all these leads are coming in where's that landing page for that email opt-in that your tech guy was supposed to build three months ago and so we became the source of all of our own problems because we hadn't built in all the other things so i was that guy eight years ago that i would warn anybody on the street right now today don't do business with them there i was sitting in that place like trying to successfully getting clients to come and do business with us but we were just too narrow in our service model and that's the biggest lesson i think that we learned i've taken the company off the track so to speak twice so far and that's directly from mentorship right my my mentors just say you cannot fix the car while you're doing laps like a formula one car is torn apart down to the frame and rebuilt between each race and so do you want to make do or do you want to have a functioning business and and dealing with the um honestly what feels like embarrassment sometimes to be like i have to stop and fix this thing instead of ignoring it is one of the hardest things yeah they say that a business is just a reflection of the business owner and it's so true everything we have in our life is a reflection of who we are and so sometimes it's one it's challenging to see the forest from the trees because you're so in it all the time and it's right up in front of your face and another is we don't like to admit our own failings at times we're prideful people and it can be a challenge to actually admit that you've been doing the wrong thing and then i think there's another thing which i notice even in some of my clients because if you have some entrepreneurial DNA, then you generally have these skill sets of your ability to wing it, multitask, and make do. And those are powerful things that you can utilize to, to build entrepreneurship. But at the same time, then you can put the blinders on and get too far down a certain pathway where you know, you're juggling too many hats. And then like you move from hats to plates. And before you know it, you're juggling chainsaws. Like it does get more dangerous while you continue to learn how to juggle. Yeah, for sure. Now, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned that being a heart-centered business, I think that probably the clientele that you are attracting and at the same time, the clientele that you're repelling centers a lot around that. Would you touch on that for me? Yeah, yeah, very good question. Um, I'm going to start with our offer because it's it's easier to just kind of talk it through the customer journey. Okay. So I use a very simple process in our discovery calls. It's Kevin Kelly's Thousand True Fans, right? He's the founder of Wired Magazine. He published an article like 15 years ago now. And the math is super simple. It's a business plan that fits on a post-it note. So do you have a thousand fans who will pay you $100 a year? There's a six-figure income. Right. And you can break that down in a few different ways. Do you have a hundred fans that'll pay you a thousand dollars a year? That's still less than a hundred dollars a month. You're not asking for much from people. And so I start with every client or potential client inside of that conversation. And that's usually the first light bulb that goes on. But I'm using those calls to vet the person to see if their purpose and productivity are aligned, if they're really committed to serving others. And so I created this like 30 minute 100K call, which is the thing that we offer to everyone. And the remarkable thing is that in the last 18 plus months, I've clocked over 400 of those calls through. Wow. And I have not sold 400 of our consulting packages, right? I've turned away potential business, potential money and all these things because I'm far enough into this now that I understand the repercussions of doing business with somebody that isn't actually a fit. And that was one of the other like really big lessons that was hard one earlier that I don't even have to think about anymore. You just do work with the right people and everybody else is a fit for somebody else, but it's 
really part of that mentality between abundance and scarcity and understanding that of drifting into that scarcity, costing you way more emotionally, mentally, and financially serving that client later on. Yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head there. There are times when you're thinking, oh, I just, I need to get that next sale. I want to get this month's numbers up. We have to do this inside the business and we need money. So Maybe they're not the greatest fit, but we'll take them on. And then in the long run, they end up being a headache because they're not the right client for you. They have so many problems or they don't show up to do the work that they need to do on their end. And then you end up giving that money back, whether you refund them or in time and headache, trying to take care of their problems or whatever it may be. But yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. And that secondary cost that you mentioned, it's exponential because like you, your energy drifts, your alignment drifts, you're like repelling away those next two or three ideas ideal clients that would have been a better fit for you because you're just in headache when from making that wrong choice earlier on. Yeah, 100%. Now I wanted yeah. to ask you financially speaking in your business, what is your greatest financial challenge at this moment? Honestly, it's that so I'm going to answer it with a quote, actually. And this is just from somebody else I worked with in the past, but she said, empowerment is a moment moment phenomenon. And I think about that every day in the context of alignment too, because my job work on the business 80% of the time, work in the business 20% of the time, continue to bring on staff, the clients. And then there's that balancing act because all those things are a cost. And of course, bringing on clients to fund that is this delicate balancing act because how good that client looks depends on the state that I'm in that day. It's, oh, this is, as you said earlier, a sale. Oh, that's really good looking today. Why? Oh, I must not be in alignment, right? Oh, am I really sure that this person's the right fit for the company? Oh, I'm in alignment that day. And it's a constant thing. I haven't arrived myself and I don't know if I ever will. And so being in that consideration and in that space of making the alignment first decision and choosing alignment over money is the constant practice of awareness around, around the financials. That's honestly, day-to-day, -day, the place where I exert the most mental effort. Yeah, understood. Being in alignment is what gets the money flowing to you in the first place. And so it's tricky because sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm going to be in abundance mindset by accepting this money from the universe, from this client that is not a great fit for me. But really, you've tricked yourself and you're coming from the other perspective. Well said. Yeah. All right. I'd like for you to tell the audience and me, what is your dream definition of financial freedom? If your business is making so much money that you don't have to be in it every day, you can step away whenever you want, do whatever you like. What's that look like for you? Yeah. So I'm going to answer that with a little bit more backstory because when I first developed the 100 year plan, like I, I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked, but now like that company still exists and it takes me 10 hours a week to run. And it's designed in a specific manner. There are four group programs and I accept four one-on-one, -on -one, or sorry, 10 one-on-one -on -one clients a year. And that's that. And that's part of the model that I'm serving other people with now. It's not a copy and paste or a cookie cutter, but it's like understanding that you can have enough and be awesome. So when clients are onboarding, I do all of the design and like business oversight. The consultancy side of it is based on a 20-hour work week for them. And then we work on their numbers because the rule is have enough and be awesome. And the reason I feel like I have some sort of authority and understanding about that is because I built 8020 Media from a Chromebook through 29 countries so far. 
Iceland is the 30th one that I don't count because Wi-Fi was so hard to get there. I've been on different continents like Africa, Europe, South America. All this stuff has happened and the Chromebook was part of it. It, it wasn't a joke. It was just like, I want to be able to get off a plane, find out my luggage has been lost and know that I can go into a big box store, drop $200 and be back to work. And so that building things in the cloud because it was available and having our you know project management software and all that other stuff in that space was another really key component. So the freedom of mobility and the freedom of consolidating your work and essentially limiting your stress factors are all part of what I define freedom as. And then the travel thing, a lot of people have figured it out already, right? There are other places that cost less to live anyway. So there are different types of freedom that are very easily achievable if you believe in that have enough and be awesome mentality. And like some sort of gigantic home. I'm the Robert Kiyosaki mentality. And like, I hear about things like that. And I'm just, wow, does that sound like something that's just going to suck your wealth away from you? It's not actually part of the, what I can see as freedom. And so that's another really big piece of it too, is it, I believe it's all in your mentality and in your values. I ski Monday, Wednesday, Friday. My goal this year is to hit 44 days on my pass because I got 40 last year. And so that's part of how I define freedom. I love it. Yeah. And that just goes to speak to the fact that it's so different for everybody. Everybody's so individual when it comes to their finances and what they value. And that's exactly what it is because you can never say financial freedom is $10 million or a hundred million or a hundred thousand or whatever, because everybody wants to live their life differently. It comes down to that individual and what they want. I quote Seth Godin all the time. And this one in particular is instead of wondering when your next vacation is build a life you don't need a vacation from. That's one of my favorites for sure. And that's why so many people, I think, do strive to become entrepreneurs in the first place. I agree. Awesome. Now tell me about 2023. What is your biggest initiative for your business? What's one thing you'd love to get accomplished this year? Yeah. So inside of our business, we have five levels and the consulting level is the customer facing. Like everybody we come into contact with is a potential consulting client. Of course, from there, we have free and paid trainings, which are our downsells because it's, it's, it doesn't have any integrity to take your money, like learn this, do this. In fact, use some of these things to earn some money first, because then we're vetting each other and come back with a portion of that revenue. Like even the consulting call itself, I've had one person come and take it eight times in 2022, but the reason I kept on giving them that next call is because they took the lesson from the last one and implemented it. And they actually grew themselves into being able to buy our consulting services. But consulting is really just like the, the kindergarten level of like how we build this foundation of a business for you while we're testing it for alignment. So we know which things to actually scale, which things to delegate, which things to move it, put into systems as quickly as possible. And so there are two levels higher than that. And we've got a couple of clients in that top level space where we're just growing a much bigger business and a much bigger impact in the world. When you sign on with us, the actual handshake is based on we're playing a game that you're going to impact 25 million people's lives. And let's figure out how to do that. And so there are two people in that space in my company already who are playing that game and their company's grown to that level. And so bringing that number up to five is my goal between now and the end of Q2. And bring that number up to 10 is my goal between now and the end of Q4. So those are like my real audacious goals for this year. 
Those are some great goals. And that's really just an amazing way of thinking. Thinking big definitely pays off. And I can't wait to hear more about what happens with that. That's great. Yeah. And it's accessible when you actually take a look at the ripple effect, right? Because you change one person's life and they have a family. So there's five people affected right there, generally speaking. They live in a community. There's another 20 people impacted right there. So for those of you whose eyes placed over at 25 million, there's actually a way of doing some math to make it accessible and possible. Yeah. Or just don't do the math. Just know that you only change one person at a time anyway and start with whoever's in front of you and go from there. Absolutely. That is a great way of thinking about it too. All right, Jacob, anything else you'd like to share with the audience or anything you want to talk about? Not really. I'm For those of you who've hung out this long, call cal.8020.media gets you on a phone call with me in a conversation. I guarantee that we'll have that conversation about a thousand true fans and see what kind of impact you're committed to in the world and that you'll leave thinking differently. And other than that, I'm just really grateful for both you, Chris, for creating this space. And then anybody who's stuck around this long, because it means you're up to something. It might not be exactly what I'm up to or exactly what Chris is up to, but that's why you're searching. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got for that is just don't quit. Yeah, absolutely. And you saved me making the segue to ask you about where people can find out about what you do. So for anybody who was wondering, that's all the information you need for that. All right. It's been really great having you on. You shared a lot for our audience. Amazing story you've got. So Jacob, thanks so much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. All right. If you're listening out there and you enjoyed, please go ahead and subscribe. Leave us one of those five-star reviews. And if you are a six-figure online entrepreneur like my guest today, and you'd like to come on to share your valuable insights with myself and my listeners and to talk about your business, we'd love to have you on. You can go to tyfpodcast.com. That's the letters tyfpodcast.com. To apply. All right. Thanks again. Thank you.